Podcast. Kamali Podcast. Here we are. Um, Rory, aka Tough Break, DJ slash producer slash all round good bloke. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Cheers, fellas. <laughs> um, so you made that song. That song is called I Go Out. I Go Out. So you do go out? Uh, yeah, I do. I probably actually don't go out enough <laughs> based on my job. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love going out, but like. It's just not like something that you can continue doing all the time and yeah. actually be successful at what you want to be successful at. Yeah, right. Because that's like the perception for people who are like not in the scene. Yeah. You kind of like, for example, like a friend of mine, he's a DJ, right? Yeah. And every time I see him post something, it's him out. Yeah. But it's like, okay, is that him like just like doing like marketing for, for his own self or is that him like actually being out all the mm. fucking time? You know yeah. What I mean? No, totally. Like... I f- honestly, even when I made the track, I thought I'm probably putting myself into like the wrong box here. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, like I just don't spend every single weekend out, but I still, yeah, I have to do it for a job. But yeah, yeah. same as everyone else. Like, that was one of the questions I had. It was so you're DJing at these nightclubs every couple of weeks, every weekend, whatever. Yep. Are you drinking at these times, or like, do you have to? Because if you're doing it every weekend, yeah, and you set it at three a.m. Yeah, you can't like. I reckon they'll take a toll on the body if you're having to do that. So, yeah. what do you do? Uh, it's definitely finding, like, the right point. Like, you sort of... I know, same as everyone, if you want to sort of, like, loosen up a little bit or mm. something like that, sometimes yeah. it can, like, help in, like, those early stages of, like, nerves and stuff. But I think once you start to understand, like, what you're there to do and it is, like, it goes from being, like, a weekend, like, piss up to being, like, an actual job. Yeah. You sort of have that, like, mental click and it just... Um, yeah, you sort of, if you're not getting yourself in line, you try to do, and then like, if you aren't, then I know it's just, it's one of those things that some people get away with being like the, the piss up boys and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's their yeah. brand. But if it's not you, then it's like hard to like continue doing that. So, yeah. um, but yeah, with like sets and stuff, I think there've been like some other ones that like start at like 5.30 in the morning mm. and it's like, there's no way I'm drinking until 5.30 in the morning yeah. and then playing a set. So like you really do have to like manage yourself and manage like your time pretty well. But what, what, um, what does your day look like the day before a 5.30 set? Like if it was me, it would just be like nap, like a hard nap at like 1am. Yeah. Up, it, that was like a difficult one. 1pm. One. P- 1 sorry. Just yeah. clear that. 1am is in the middle of the night. No, but if he sets at 5.30, Oh, so you, but I reckon I'd have a nap then and then I'd be I like think you'd nap more. during the day, yeah. but if you slept at night, then you'd be a bit sluggish getting up, I feel. Well, mm, yeah. <laughs> well, like, my, my, like, general hours of, like, sleeping and stuff is pretty poor at the moment anyways. But, um, yes, yeah, so I'm normally up. On the, like, if I have a day off, I'm normally up late, like, making tunes because that's, like, when I feel like I do it best. Yeah. Um, so, for those sorts of sets, like, I had to actually be there, like, early and quite often they're, like, you know, you've got an organiser or, like, an event crew that wants you to, you know, support the night and stuff. And if mm. you're going to leave after your set, you've got to make sure you rock up before. Yeah. Um. So, for that one in particular, like, I was playing at 5.30 and I rocked up 
to make sure I saw the headliner because they'd gotten me on. So then it was like they were uh, playing at 12. Mm. So I was there. That was this is a revolver. I was there from like 11.30 until like 7.15 in the morning. Oof. <laughs> For business. Like, <laughs> I was having I – I felt like I was like designated driver. I was yeah. dead set like having one beer every hour just mm. to sort of like see me through and, and like feel seen, normal like yeah. in that environment. And, and you've like, seen some characters at Revs at those yeah. times as well. You've yeah. That's what I felt with um, stand-up as well because I'll have a gig. I'll do a gig. At the start, I would always drink just because – I'll have just a few beers just to loosen up because I was so nervous. And then it got to like, okay, I'm doing this on a Wednesday now. If what? So now I'm having three beers every Wednesday. And yeah. then I'm having, and then I was like, all right, let's just cut that out. And I don't want to rely, have to rely on having that few beers for courage to yeah, do it definitely, anyway. Definitely. And I definitely noticed that once I do have the few beers, I'm not even as good as if I'm completely switched on. Yeah. I might just be, I might be just a bit more loose or whatever, but mm. I'll just forget shit and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, but what's like, are these, what do you, what are you actually doing on the decks? Like what is actually, what are these buttons actually doing? Yeah. Because I got no clue. My friends, well, they'll have decks and they'll bring it out and they're showing, they're doing stuff. And I'm just looking at it like, what is actually going on here? What, what is actually happening? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, a lot <laughs> um and like it does sort of change from place to place as well like you have certain decks or like they have a different mixer and that can throw a spanner in the works because you i know sometimes you turn right to take out like the lows and other times like you have to turn left so it does take a little bit of getting used to like general equipment and then what becomes like the standard in clubs does change as well and i think yeah. there's a bit of a shift at the moment but um like when you know dj has like their headphones on and stuff you sort of like hear a song before it starts so like mm. you're basically like queuing and like you know beat matching trying to get your loops right something like that or finding where the vocal sits and then you know moving it back a few bars and you know so you might have like a 16 bar loop that's coming up and then you try and you know meld the two together um and then yeah all the rest is sort of like extra effects to like add delays and you know echo out songs and things like that or just yeah just taking out like highs and lows and just like making it a bit more seamless right so cool. it's all about it's all about trying to nail the smooth yeah. transition yeah and like because you see like a lot of people you know they'll like they'll kind of do like little like uh blemishes and like shit like that like mm. in the track because i know a lot because like i play guitar mm. like so mm. i know a little bit about like what is actually kind of happening but yeah. like if you turn down the high at like a particular point it gives yep. you that kind of like shh, kind yeah like yeah airy kind of feel to it and then it, yeah, it's all like is that what you're kind of doing with the those things or is that or is it or are you most of the time like 99 percent of the time are you just thinking about the next transition to the song there's a bit of both like you have to set up some stuff or if you want to get like a a good sort of um, transition going, then yeah, you might want to set one up a little bit early and then sort of feel like free flowing while that, if you know that the song is going to work with the next one, cause you've like, you've got songs in the head, like in the back of your head that you just know from like doing it for a few years. How planned is the set? Normally not too planned. Yeah. Like you do, like some people do it like completely planned and then other ones, like I'll probably put together like a list of a hundred tracks and I'll probably only play 20 in a night. Right. Um, but then um, sometimes just because of what is vibing, I'll try and choose something else that was in a different place. I'm like, oh, that song right now would go off. So, like, it is a bit of, like, you have to sort of have that, like, mental clarity into, like, picking up what people are, like, actually vibing to and then what you want to play. And, like, you probably can, if you know the club, like, well enough and you've been there and you know the time slot, that sort of stuff, you probably can, you know, like, set it up a little bit more than what I do. But I don't know. I found, like, the best sets that I've played have been a bit more free-flowing. And yeah, a bit faster than most. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Like, I think they sort <coughs> of needs that, 
like creativity rather than like stock standard. This is what I'm going to play. I, I've noticed we stand up as well. I'm yeah. Obviously it's going to keep relating back to that, but I'll be in a room with like a bunch of oldies and I'm like, all right, maybe the jokes about having sex with dead dogs. I'll put those, on <laughs> the, I'll put that on the back burner for this one. Yeah. And then I'll just have more of my PG joke. Like, and yeah. you've got to realize that if it's, um, yeah. you're playing at a, your nan's 60th, I'm sure it's different to, um, playing at circus at 5am or whatever yeah. like that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, how are you reading the room? Is it like, are you judging, like when you play a track, are mm. you just like, okay, I know that this one particular track will bring people into the room and then you've got like X amount of tracks that are just like good fillers or like, because surely mm. you just want to play like a banger after a banger or is it like, okay, no, the crowd is like a living organism. You need to give it a bit of rest yeah. and then like amp it back up again you know what i mean yeah it is a weird one i think um like i feel a lot of people have like recently just gotten into like djing so then like the idea of playing like every track from your spotify like top 10 or whatever is like what they want to play yeah um but like on a night out i feel like, like i've gotten notes from other people before as well like that maybe you're being too vocal or you know like there's too many vocals and like it can get a little bit like draining at times just to like right. consistently hear things that people know. And like, you do want to keep things like interesting. Like yeah. if you went to a night out and someone literally just had like your Spotify playlist played it out, you'd think it was a sick night, but at the same time you'd probably, you want that element of surprise in there as well. Like yeah. when someone else shows you their favorite track and you, you're like gobsmacked by it, yeah. that's the best feeling. It's, right. not the, it's not the time that you've heard your favorite track for the 150th time. Mm, yeah. It's the first time that you hear that track and you go, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what you sort of want to hang on to and while also then teasing in things that they do know to keep them around. Right. So it's just that balance. But um, yeah, in what you, like you sort of see from people, you might hear people like screaming a vocal back at you. That's when you know you've got them hooked or, right. you know, you just hear a certain person from the from the back just shout something out, and you're like, "All right, I've got him here." Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Hear a couple of fuck yeah, see some wall slapping yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, so okay, so w- when you're leaving, so swinging back, I'll, I do want to get back into like that because that fucking interests the yeah. fuck out of me. Actually, I hadn't thought about that, but <laughs> I got, I just have like one question, like these five thirty a.m. sets and everything. Like you're wrapping up at like what, like six. 6.30, that kind mm. of thing. Mm. Dude, do you have to, like, be on in the zone for, like, dodging, like, conversations with people? Because, like, if you're at Revs at, like, 6am, like, mm. someone's just going to grab you and start chewing your ear off. Like, are you, yeah. have you become pretty good at, like, dodging? <laughs> like, oh, that was the best set of my fucking <laughs> life, man. You yeah. made me believe in God again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is an interesting one. I mean, like, more or less, I'd probably find that on <laughs> some of my mates before a set or someone that I do know before a set, like I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh, I do want to get down there and just like make sure I'm there to like hear the last few tracks. So I know what sort of vibes going on, that sort of thing. Right. But normally I'm going to try and go like and chat with my mates beforehand because I might not see them after if they leave quickly or something. So then, um, yeah, trying to get to your set like actually on time and like not rush into it is a good thing. But yeah, afterwards, I don't know, like I've gotten some good um, people come up after and like, yeah, you get those ones where it's like, mate, that's it. Like, oh, you know, I'm not on anything, but like, oh, that was the best. But like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's probably just managing people. Like you understand what you sort of <laughs> need to get from I someone. Mean, and just like myself move. out for one of these yeah. ones. I saw my mate's younger brother's like first ever DJ set at Levels. And I went there and I was pissed as. And I remember like after it, I was just like, man, that was the best set I've ever seen in my phone. And I don't know much about like DJ or like techno music or anything like that. I was like, man, you're going places, man. Like just pumping up his ass. Yeah. And I was like, oh, 
I was really embarrassed about that. A week after, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I was that guy, wasn't yeah, I? <laughs> yeah. But, like, you do love that at the same time. Like, getting feedback on a night when you, like, you don't know unless someone mm. says something. Like, you have True. a feeling that, like, something went well or something went poorly. But if you just thought it was an average set and then someone comes up to you and it's like, oh, what was that track? Or, like, that was the best thing from the night. It's like, thank you. Like, that, yeah, like, means nice. so much. Because it's one thing with DJing that I think gets sort of missed is like a lot of people aren't necessarily there to see you. Whereas like you go to like a gig, you know, for like music events and stuff like that. More often than not, there's like a headliner, which people are buying the tickets directly for. And then like, you know, the support acts and stuff, they all bring their mates down. And that's probably 75% of the crew. And then the rest is like, you know, people who like just go to the venue. Right. So I think it sort of goes the other way with like clubbing, you know, so you have, yeah, people are going out to go out and you're just there to supply part of that experience mm, yeah. so that's why i think also like not making it all about you and making it more about them is yeah. like a massive part of making a night a good night yeah true awesome. Fucking awesome. Hell, man. so what's the um a bit of an end goal for this so like mm. producing you're making songs as well um is the end goal like you're playing all around the world, you're touring around the world, you're making your own music. Is that kind of the... And what's like a dream type of gig there is? Like if it's like Tomorrowland and thing or something like that. Do you have any yeah. in mind? Um, I mean, I guess everyone dreams of like touring. I mean, maybe not everyone, but um, it definitely is something that's like looking like it's on the horizon, which is cool. bloody amazing. Um, How long have you been doing it for? Just uh, so this project probably been doing... Uh, about four years like just learning and yeah. then probably about three oh yeah probably four years actually of playing and then just the middle of gap of COVID yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but yeah I just like started making music after I went to Beyond the Valley for the first time and then <laughs> I came back I literally came back from that I saw um, Zoo who was my favourite artist at the time yeah. play you know that Faded track which one? Faded like um, oh, I don't want to make you sing it, but yeah, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, I walked myself into that one. Um, anyway, I'm not going to be doing that right. Now. But, um, yeah, so I saw him live, and I was just like, all right, I've got to start doing this. Like, yeah. I used to play guitar and stuff like that. So it's always sort of there's just been this progression of things, I think. Um, and yeah, so touring on the back of that would definitely be something that I'd be interested in doing. It's just. Um, you know, find the mechanics to do it. Like I've got good support with me at the moment. I've, you know, I'm signed with Medium Rare Records, which is um, Benson's label and this other guy, Low 99. They do like an amazing job. And one of them is currently over in America. He's just decided to move over there and do touring like wow. full time over there. So it's definitely something that is like, it's sort of like right in front of me. So yeah. I, like if I wasn't thinking that way, like what am I doing here? Um yeah. When it's so in front of you, you can mm. see someone else's, the path is already set. Yeah. Like, back to stand up again. There's a guy, Luke Kidgel, from Diamond Creek. Yeah. And he's just blown up now. And that really inspired me because I was like, I've I, this guy is from Diamond Creek and I can see the path and the avenue where he's done it. And you're in it. Like, you are you know these guys. I saw... Mm. Um, Dom Dollar like was commenting anything, and we were watching Dom Dollar at Treat like what yeah, 2017, 28. Yeah. He yeah. was there every single weekend, and I like because I don't follow the thing. And then now I just see him blown up. I yeah. see like um like Dylan Francis, like that big American. Yeah. He was like talking about him. I was like, oh my god, he's huge. He's like two hundred and fifty on Instagram and stuff like mm. that. Um, so when you can really see that path where it is, yeah, it's it makes it a lot easier to really invest 
into it because you're like, mm. oh, there's actual outcomes of this. Yeah, it's super, mm. super inspiring. Speaking of like inspiration, bro, because like, so um, like I have never written a good song, but I remember like I would like think of something, right? When I was yeah. like playing guitar in the early days, yeah. and I'd think of something, I'd think of like a particular lyric or I'd be playing guitar and I'd just hear something be like, fuck, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah. So how do you get like inspiration for a track where it's like, you know, like, because most of the time you'd be using, like, oh, well, actually, no, this is another thing. Because you sometimes, like, will be the voice on your tracks, right? Yeah. So, for all of, like, my, like, original works, I've done, like, all the vocals for them. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. So, and then you just have to, like, edit the fuck out of it, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, pitching down and, like, I know there's lots of effects and stuff you can put on things to make it sound a certain way. And yeah. then, yeah. Apparently, like, in my last one, like, some people hear, like, different vocals and stuff like that. Or, like, you know, you, they didn't get the vocal right in one of the other ones. So, like, it does, like, change how the vocal sounds a little bit. So, I've got to be careful of that because, like, yeah. you might get a better sample from someone else. Mm. But more often than not, I think using your own voice is, like, the best thing you can possibly do because you can literally just make your own topic subject, mm. like, change the melody in your own way. Whereas, like, if you're finding samples online, trying to, like, change the keys of things can really, like, stuff around the sound. So Yeah, yeah wow. So... Okay, so, all right, so then, like, back to, the, like, the first part mm. of that question, like, the inspiration for, like, coming up with the tracks, now that's added, like, a new element, because you mm. could, like, say something and then be like, oh, maybe I could make that into a yeah. sample, right? Yeah. How do, you, how do you find, like, like let's say the I Go Out one, right? Mm. How did you get the inspiration for that? Um, I actually came up with, like, the exact, like, words and, like, phrasing and whacked it into like a like a voice recording on your notes. I was in my yeah. car. I pulled. I I can't remember if I heard something or like I just quite often get like same thing as what you said. Like you get a little melody or something, and I'm like, you got to act on it straight away. So yeah. I literally just like when I got home, parked my car, like straight away, bang onto the notes, and just like did like the little pre-drop vocal, and then just like had an idea of what I wanted the sounds to sound like afterwards. And, like, I should do a comparison, like, on my socials or something. Like, <laughs> what it, like, first sounded like, what it actually sounds like. Yeah. It's pretty close. Um, and, yeah, I think that's, like, the good thing about if you, like, fully learn how to use, like, a software or something. Like, you can literally just, like, create anything from what your mind thinks. Like, yeah. wow. if you get stuck on, like, you know, just using samples, which are great, but um, it can really, like, limit where you go with things. But, yeah. you know, you can get a lot of... Um, influence from like other artists and stuff like that as well like just hearing how they phrase things or you sort of get used to like you know different ways to like build a melody so then like your brain just sort of works you know over time just to like produce those when you're not even producing I think so yeah like, um, but yeah most of it just comes when you sit down and like just jump into the studio and um, yeah just like have that moment where something clicks but yeah you do have those ones that sort of like pre how long does it take for the whole process yeah like for let's go out what was it let's go out. i go out i go out yeah <laughs> i need to remember we can go shit. yeah we can go out. yeah we can go out. um <laughs> like how long would that have taken from the first concept idea yeah till probably like when you dropped it how mm. long is that process um it actually this one was a little bit longer i guess just because i was um, sort of like in between on what I wanted to be releasing. So like we don't like you don't make a track and then it comes out straight away. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. there's especially when you go through like a label or something, they might have an interest in one of the other ones. Like I send over demos like once a month or something, and then we sort of build things from there. Um, and like might be a f partially finished track or halfway through, and you just sort of work with the idea. Um, but this one, um, I sent over like an early like demo version of it, and then they just sort of wanted to change around part of like the structure. 
um, like all the lyrics and everything stayed the same. It was just sort of a difference in like giving the space, like giving the track a little bit more space. Mm. Um, and it's good to have guys like, you know, I, I get messages once a week, yeah. if not more from like up and coming, like producers just asking for like a bit of feedback on their tracks. So How like do you take the feedback when this is something you've put your mm. mind and soul, like you've put yeah. everything into this thing and then someone's saying, oh, you could fix it. How do you take that feedback? Yeah. Well, most of the time it is really good. And I, like, I know that they're like, they're industry people that have worked on mm. it for like, you know, five, 10 years. Like yeah. I'm, you know, I've still been able to say, nah, I do like this version rather than that one. And yeah. the same with like demos, if I don't like one of the ones as much as they like it or other way around, like we found the middle ground and then gone with what we've wanted. Um, and yeah, it's just like, it's just a process of you guys going yeah. back and forth. But um, yeah, compared to like some of the earlier ones, it probably did take a little bit longer. Like the first like big one that I had called Devoc that, I literally made that while my mates were making um, the deck at, like, the house that I was staying at. <laughs> like, they were outside. I, I don't know how to do anything handy. <laughs> and they just decided one day they want to make a deck. So then I put on some spring rolls and some sausage rolls for them. It's like Smoko. Yeah. And while those were in the oven, I literally made just this track. And then the next... Lovely of you. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, and then yeah, when it came to them like stopping and having a bit of a feed, I just showed them the track, and then yeah, ended up getting signed, and that was the first one that really kicked things off. Wow. So that was literally just in like what half an hour, forty-five minutes, made like most like the seventy-five percent of the track, and then it probably took like what three months to then get processed and go through like um, management and all that sort of stuff. Damn. So. So, like, okay, so your tracks, obviously, like, have you gone out of, have you gone out of Melbourne to do gigs yet? Like... Nah, not at the moment. Okay. Yeah. And then, all right, but, like, I remember you telling me one time, I can't remember which track it was, though, but you, I remember, like, we are talking about it at, like, a party or something, you mm. said that, like, one of your tracks got played in, like, Ibiza or some shit. Yeah, it's pretty insane, like, the reach on some things. Like, that was probably early days, like, um when I was just doing, like, my own edits and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, one of the – this other DJ, Generic, um, he was just getting around some of my stuff on, like, SoundCloud. And then, yeah, or he tagged me in, like, some, like, Ibiza. Like, he was – yeah, I was mad. That was, like, the first time I saw someone, like, playing my track somewhere, like, big and was just like, oh, this is, like, starting to hit, you know. Like, it's wow. sick when your mates get around it and – um, you know, you might hear it at like a club. Like I've been at a club and someone played my track and I was like... I saw the video on your Instagram of yeah. you at BTV yeah. and someone was playing your yeah. track. And that's like a full circle moment from saying, I came out from BTV the first time, yeah. I'm going to DJ and now look, I'm here and someone's playing my track. Obviously, yeah. you playing your own track would be better, maybe yeah. next year. And um, But like, what was that moment? Did you know it was coming that they were going to play it or... Um, I didn't actually know... I, so the guy that played it was Benson. He's from the label. Oh, so yep, yep, yep. Um, we, yeah, we'd spoken about like um, when the track was going to come out and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, he still just like decided to put it in like his um, like set list for that day. And then, yeah, I heard like the intro. I was actually at like the back because we'd just gotten drinks. And it was like the third song in. So like I thought it was probably going to be, because it was like a day like set as well. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. like if it was the right timing and that sort of stuff for like that sort of track. So I was like, oh, we'll see what happens. And I just hear like the Argo, Argo from the back. <laughs> and I was literally just like getting through everyone. Um, this is me. This yeah, is no, me. Exactly, exactly. I was like, uh, yeah, I felt like I was that guy yeah, at that moment. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, it was really, really good. Like just seeing that and also just hearing it on that sort of system. Mm. It's just insane. Mm. Like the setup there is so incredible. And yeah, hearing it at the dance tent. Um, when that was literally like the place of like yeah. you know, the birth of Tough Break, like yeah. you know, it's like literally full circle. Yeah, like, that's sick. Yeah, dude. You um, so 
Okay, so hearing it on those speakers, right, do you then go like, when you hear it on, like, you can only be in that moment, like hearing it on those speakers to like potentially realise like, oh, when it's played this loud, mm. do you then pick up on things like, oh, it, it doesn't hit as hard? Or is it like very like similar to like in a club? Because it's played pretty fucking loud there, but obviously mm. like played outside, mm. dealing with those different elements to like a, you know, a sound, like um, what's the word? Like sound engineered, like yeah. room where it's all just fucking concrete walls and like thunk, thunk yeah. versus like, you know. No, like, totally, totally. Yeah, like I, I feel like clubs can absolutely like, give a track a lot more than like what it's actually made to be right. like i've noticed at times like in like playing like demo tracks or stuff like that when they haven't been like mastered properly in a club just because you are in like that constricted like environment it's just so loud and that bass is just like so much more full, full on and it's like it is good to then get like you know notes back on yourself and like oh, i should like tame that down a little bit or yeah. you like actually that's pretty sick <laughs> um but yeah being in that like environment with like a backup btv it was definitely different like hearing that for the first time like you know you go to events and you know you, sometimes you can't hear as much just because of like sound laws or that sort of thing as well right. but um yeah i think it's probably just pick up more on like the high frequencies unless you're like right up close and then yes. um yeah also depends on how many people are like there at the time and if they've set up the stage as well but like they do a really good job at beyond the valley so i feel like they did pretty well with it yeah, yeah i'm nice. assuming their speakers would be better yeah. than circus's speakers yeah maybe a bit more a bit yeah. more money towards them yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but it's weird just like hearing on the other side because like you know at a dj booth you normally have like a monitor back at you so like you're used to hearing that song absolutely blasting at yeah, you yeah, yeah. and other people. So, um, yeah, just being around everyone. It was pretty surreal just, like, being nearby, like, people and just being like, yeah, this is, like, they don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Who wants man. an autograph? Who wants an autograph? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And, like, that is so interesting, dude. Like, the crowd feedback for a performer is, like, massive and, like, mm. kind of jumping back to that original topic because mm. then when you're looking at, like – a massive crowd of people you can then like it's like your sample size for if mm. one part of the song slaps or one part slaps harder and like yeah kind of can change like i'm just like kind of blown away by it so are you there like kind of like just observing everything or are you just there just loving fucking life because your track's being played or yeah it was a bit of both like i think because after the first like initial drop it was just like oh realizing that it actually was playing and i'm just like all right this is actually happening sort of thing yeah and then yeah, it's actually got, like, a bit of a winding down sort of, you know, it does slow down and there's, like, that pre-drop sort of, you know, build and stuff. So, you know, there is that little, like, moment where it's, like, oh, is this actually not going to hit? Like, are people getting a little bit, you yeah, know? Yeah, and and then, um, yeah, just because I knew what was coming, I guess, you know? It's, like, <laughs> oh, no, this is going like, to go off. Like, it's better way. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it, you sort of get used to doing that. Like, all demo tracks, like, to ourselves, you know, like, I'll play it out probably like five or ten times or something and sort of test and see if it's working well or if it's not working mm. that's how you like sort of fix your own track as well so um when it gets to that stage when it's like already been mastered and sent off it's like i'm not doing anything else to it so if it's not doing the right <laughs> yeah. thing then i'm done oh, like you true, know true, 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 um, true, true. but yeah if it's your, your own set and like that's a good way to sort of you know gauge oh should i have something else interesting here or like is that drop just not as effective or you might even like i've made like two versions of like the same track and then tried them at different crowd like you know at different places right oh. to see which one hits better so um yeah if you really can't make your mind up that's a really good thing to do djs <laughs> nice. yeah um, i don't feel like i've ever been at a nightclub and the djs like bombed and like everyone's been like this sucks yeah have you ever been in that situation where you're just like all right 
they're not feeling me right now, blah, blah, blah. What do you do if, well, if you ever have been in that situation, what do you do to change it up? Mm. Um, yeah, I guess it's pretty difficult if <laughs> the first time that like something goes terribly wrong is like probably your worst nightmare as a DJ. Like, mm. And it's either in your control or out of it. And that's like a big thing to sort of like try and stay on top of in the moment. Like when you jump on after another DJ, like <laughs> it's this whole thing where you have to like get rid of their USB or, you know, you um, you can play it on this side, but then like the song you're actually playing is on the other side. Mm. So it can get quite confusing and there has been time, like I did it once um, and you do it once, you try and learn from it. But um, where if you like try to cue a song on this side and it's actually playing on this side and it just stops the song completely oh, no. and then that song will start from the intro oh yeah yeah and like i you feel he- like i've heard that one yeah a few times. you definitely will and like people do it like every now and then you just like you forget which side you're on or that sort of thing um and that's always like hard to come back to especially like if one song is like 122 beats per minute the other one was coming in at like 130 and you just like you're so far off and it's so hard to come back from but um i don't feel like there's too much like in the way of like, you know, if you're not doing a good job, you probably shouldn't be getting booked. But um, <laughs> um, there are just those small things that do happen that are sort of just, yeah, you just hope that they don't. But um, So pretty much you're so much better at DJing than I am at comedy. That's <laughs> 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 really what it sounds like. Uh, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> Note taken. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Sorry, you no, you can no, go, man. No, no, that's all right, you. I didn't really have much. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, so what I was going to say, yeah, so I've known, I've known you fuck since we were kids, huh? Yeah, like, I remember yeah. we played, like, basketball when we were a bit younger. So you yeah. were you playing guitar from, like, a real young age? Tell us about, like, um, mm. I also want to hear about, like, what you do for work as well because that's mm. also super interesting. But let's mm. let's start off with when you're <laughs> yeah, kid. Like, uh, yeah, your early music. Two crazy different spectrum of questions. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. No, I, we'll like, get there. I think, so I think about, it thinks yeah. as I start talking, tell us I'm like, a oh, kid, shit. And then also tell us about your How does you being a kid relate to your job? <laughs> yeah. Okay, go, go on. Um, yeah, actually, I got a guitar when I was uh, in, like, grade five or something. Yep. Um, and yeah, just started getting lessons and, um, yeah, I definitely had like a bit of a knack for it. I'd like, you know, just in other like school things that we did, like our school was very big on music and like, um, it was quite a small school as well. So we got like a lot of like tutoring, I guess in that way. Um, so yeah, I, I got into playing guitar and then, um, through like doing the lessons and stuff, I had a few mates that I, like I played some like school gigs with in high school, and um, I did some with like the school that I was actually learning at as well. Um, and so like yeah, I'd always had that like performance side, I guess. Um, and then yeah, I think I was still looking to make music, but I didn't really have as much time as what I thought I did. Um, and I was just trying to like catch up with mates and like make all of it happen. It just wasn't really working. And then yeah, I came back from like I said, Beyond the Valley and. Um, had the idea of like producing music rather than like playing it with other people um, and that just sort of suited like my like time at the moment yeah. Um, and yeah as well like I played piano for like six or eight years or something oh, like that yeah, beforehand well. before playing guitar so then um, that's really helpful when like you know doing stuff on the computer and like keyboards because that's how like most of the music converts like you know on the um like software that we use. So, mm. um, but honestly, you don't even have to have that much music theory to like be able to do what we do. Um, like if you have an ear for it, you can yeah. just, I know people that have no knowledge and pick, are just pick like, like a ridic- really just ridiculous at picking 
like the right sound for the right moment or yeah. just like and because like the best thing is being creative and like doing what is wrong at the right time is the best thing like there's yeah. bits of my songs that are out of like slightly out of key or i've detuned something in a certain way that shouldn't do but mm. it works so stuff yeah. it, you know yeah like, um so do you think you're like you've always been musically inclined you feel like growing mm. up got the piano got mm. the guitar down down pretty easy mm. what type of music were you listening to growing up and do you think like any of that has influenced like what you do now or mm. um well like in the main like teen years i guess where like everyone feels like they have the best sense of music mm. in, you know out of anyone in the world um <laughs> i was probably listening to like and playing a lot of like arctic monkeys foals was like probably one of my like top tier bands for as long as i can remember um and like bombay bicycle club was another background one um and yeah i think like foals were one of those ones that were that they had like drum machines and stuff in yeah. some of their songs and um like i definitely like experimented in that like i bought a small drum machine like back in the day and like i bought like a loop pedal and stuff like that um as well so i was sort of like learning how to construct songs by like you know, making your own beat first and then, like, you know, using a microphone to, like, tss, tss, tss for a hi-hat mm. and, like, that sort of stuff. So even, you know, when I was still doing, like, guitar things, I was still looking at, like, the further side of, like, producing and, like, how to, like, you know, arrange songs and that sort of stuff. So I think it was always sort of just there. It was just how I was getting Is there. Is that you know, something like that down the track you're known more as a producer instead of a DJ? Is that something that you'd want to be getting into where you're helping produce other genres of music as well because mm. is that something that you would want to do or do you feel like you kind of um, like the path you're on yeah i mean potentially um i've like made a few like every now and then like i just have a different sort of day in the like studio like i you know i still have some guitars at home and i'll make something that's not like my normal genre or like i'll make something that's a, just a little bit outside of it um and yeah there's like definitely people that i'd want to work with or um that have sort of popped up and it'd be like oh i'd still love to make something like that but i also think that my like sort of style i guess and like the way that you learn um is probably more suited to like your own genre and you like yeah. there's so many tricks and you know like even the way you'd like mix or master a song if you're doing it yourself like would be so different for like you know house techno and all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff yeah. compared to like a pop song or a country song so um yeah like i'd love to still just like learn as much as i can from other people and by like experimenting and working with others but i still feel like i'm gonna get drawn to like making something clubby and fat like it's just, yeah. it's just where i end up like yeah so um unless i'm just noodling on the guitar then i don't think it's gonna go i think as yeah. well with like clubbing and it's probably the easiest entry level as well because you are able to perform to people every single week and stuff like that. But in mm. terms of like a band or you could still do it, but to get a band coming up, it'll, it's harder to book gigs and stuff like that. But there's so many nightclubs in the city where you are able to play your tunes. Mm. But let's say we're in Memphis where it's like the jazz, is they jazz? What are they? They're rock and roll. Mm. Like yeah. that's like, so it'd be a lot easier to get up in the rock and roll. But I think mm. Melbourne, if you're thinking about music in Melbourne, I think the DJ scene's like the number one thing. You don't really see many 
Like, I can't think I of... I think it depends where you go. Yeah. yeah maybe it's, maybe just because what I'm thinking of, yeah. like... But yeah. like, there's a fair bit of live music, but I kind of get what you mean. Mm. I think it would be... I think, yeah, yeah. I think, um, like, you see, like, a lot of... Um, well, just think about, like, people we know, right? Like, you see, like, a few people who they've learned how to, you know, mix tracks together mm. and bang them, they've, like, scored a set. Mm. Whereas, like, fuck, you could, like, play with a band for, like, a year and still be shit. Yeah, And then, yeah, like, yeah. you have no chance, you know? That's what I'm um, saying, like, the entry level, because... Yeah, the entry someone's, level... Someone's got to play at 10, <coughs> a, at 10 p.m., mm. you yeah. know what I mean? So, like, you can still think, but, yeah. But then, like, the... The big thing is too is like the difference between like that level of a DJ versus mm. like the highest level is fucking still chalk yeah. and cheese. Like, yeah. you know, when you, but it's like sort of like the unsuspecting crowd, they kind of, they can kind of pick it. Like you can hear when a track isn't transitioning properly, mm. and, but you kind of get over it because then the track starts playing, right? Yeah. Whereas like the best DJs, they just don't have those little gray area moments, yeah. right? You know? Yeah. Well, less of them at least. Do um, you, when you're watching like a really good famous DJ, mm. are you there trying to see what he's doing or like are you just there enjoying it? But can you see, all right, he's so much better than me. That's what, when I watch a really good comedian, mm. I'm watching going, wow, what he's doing right now, he's so good. I'm trying to kind of work out some things that mm. he's doing to try and make it better. Is that how you're kind of analysing it or are you just there pissed as trying, just trying to put time? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, I think... I probably actually learn more from like DJs just from watching like locals and because um, like you also probably hearing what's like popular or what's like working in the same places that you play. And it's like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of playing that track here. Or like you know, if it's just a different style, you're like, oh, like I didn't know that was like, you know, something that we played here. So it's sort of cool to like open those things up. Whereas then like with big DJs, I feel like you sort of, you're just there to see them and like hear, you know, unreleased tunes. It's like, I don't have those tunes. Like that's yeah. part of like this whole, you know, hierarchy is you get to the top and or close to whatever and you start getting songs sent to you before they come out. So then mm. like you become like a tastemaker and that's like part of their role. Whereas like we're not there to play the songs before they come out. Like at this point, you know, at a club in Melbourne, like you're not, yeah. you know, you're playing your tracks oh, beforehand, wow. you know, but like the big DJs, they're playing other people's songs to help promote it before it comes oh. out. Oh, wow. So yeah. that's like, they, <clears throat> so that's interesting. Wow. Cause they're really like, kind of like setting the agenda, getting the crowd prepped for when that song becomes yeah. out and mainstreamed yeah. a bit, you know? Yeah. Like, so yeah, like we, ha there's wow. like promo tools that like labels and stuff use in. Um, so is that kind of what Benson did for you at BTV by playing your track? It's just, like people, mm. start, what's his track? Get the Shazam up, bang, we find yeah. it. And then, yeah. ah, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, Yeah, cool. but like even in the early points, like Shazam wouldn't have popped up for when he played that. Because oh. it wasn't oh, registered, wasn't you know. Oh. Like, So this is like early days. Mm. So like he was like playing it before it even gone out on oh. promo. Like we normally do promo like maybe one or two months ahead of like the actual release. Um, Depends on like who the person is. Because if they do it way too early, say like, you know, like Dom Dollar's latest one, like got, you know, leaked everywhere and people were just playing like yeah. a SoundCloud ripped edit from one mm. of his sets, you know? So like, that's not what you want. You want like the big DJs to be playing it, not people playing it at like yeah. poor key, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So kind of like a movie trailer. Just, you know, just a little teaser. Yeah. Thing, you yeah. See? Yeah. 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 I get you. I get yeah. you. Um, in terms of like playing someone else's track, but in terms of like mixing a popular song, mm. is it just free for all? Like it's, you don't need to get rights and stuff like that. If you're just mixing something and putting it on SoundCloud of just mm. a random song, mm. 
you don't need to worry about riots or anything like that, or is it? Um, there used to be. It used to be worse. Like I've had stuff that was taken off SoundCloud mm. from you know years yonder, um, but yeah, I think like these days, I think they're probably like SoundCloud probably knows like what their brand is and that mm. their brand is not like as much on like the paid original side that like Spotify is. Like you go there to find like. You know, that's like crate digging, you know, of the modern era yeah. is SoundCloud because it's just, you know, you might find some random UK garage track from a bloke that has 100 followers and you're like, what is this? Yeah. And, like, you find you find gems, like, through there, whereas, like, Spotify feels more like the commercialization of music right. and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess, like, for some of them, they still get taken down because they have – same as, like, what Shazam has in, like, you know, they'll search your song f- to find something for copyright and same as, like, what YouTube does to take things down. Um, but yeah, like you can honestly even like ask people for their yeah. stuff, which is a big one. Or you can yeah, like most of it you only really use like the acapella or not like the whole song, so uh, it's not going to pick yeah. up on all of it unless you're actually using a big chunk of the song in like a breakdown. Then like most of the time it just gets through. So I was really worried about the podcast because we used to have an intro song or yeah. we had you to yeah, come, yeah, yeah. but we would just be like new Kanye West, like here's a Kanye yeah. West song. And I'm like, <laughs> am I allowed to do this? I yeah. was really, and yeah. I was like. Man, there's like it's not. I'm not. Getting, I just thought I'm not getting paid for this. Yeah, you got nothing to take from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have nothing to give you. Yeah. yeah. So like, um, okay. So then, like, if you did find you're going through Spotify, the like the UK track, uh, SoundCloud garage track. Ah, oh, sorry. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Going through SoundCloud. Mm. Um, then like, is it then distasteful if you just like download his track, use it, and then? Do you have to give him credit or like what's the deal there? Or do yeah. you like let him know? Or like what, how do you normally go about it? Well, like, for like a lot of them, there's like um, what's called like a download gate. So like you have to like follow someone to download. Like you have to follow that profile to like download the song and like leave a comment. So it like helps them out, like reach more people. Yeah, and then they have right. a new fan and like that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, which is sort of like then in, in between. Then like obviously if it is one that – um, they haven't got that set up, then you like can just like DM them and try and ask for it. And if they don't get back to you, then most people will t- probably just you know take the download option, which is like going to some like converter. But you do like probably want like the higher quality version of it. So right. like the, people put them up on like Bandcamp and stuff now. Yeah. So you can get like you can actually support artists more than what they used to. So yeah. Um, that's always a good place to look as well. If you do find something like on SoundCloud, you can look there and pay for it and yeah. just like support an artist rather than ripping What's them off. What's the, wow. the are you is the only money coming in for a DJ through the like events, getting booked and stuff? Is it getting? Are you getting money through SoundCloud and Spotify if you get a lot of listens, or is that pretty much dead now? Um, I mean, like, I reckon so far. Like, I was looking at my statements earlier, actually. Um, the get like, them you, up. You don't get, get them up. <laughs> get them up. <laughs> Pull them up. Yeah. What's in your bank account um, right now? Yeah, no, nah, you don't really get it much. Like when I say don't get much, you get absolute peanuts from um, like streams and stuff like that. Like you do have to find other ways to like make this like a financial like possibility. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Generally, like set fee is obviously your biggest friend, and like it does take a while for. I think it's probably changed a little bit. Um, like you know, you used to sometimes just get drink cards for a set, which is yeah. like wow. yeah, and like you know, you're getting your Uber in, you're getting your Uber out. Like you're basically like wasting yeah. money trying to just like show up, but it's sort of part of it. It's like a free internship, you know, like it's yeah. like that part of like getting into your work. Oh man, like I would that. love some drink cards at comedy, man. I, yeah. would love, <laughs> I would do anything for some drink cards. Yeah. Please uh, give me some drink cards. But yeah. uh, so, um, back to work. So you, 
Ali asked this question uh, before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've done so it. So you, do, you work in the music industry yep. as well. Yep. Do you want to just touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Or what did you do from high school then leading up to? That's always a nice thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually st- so I studied at university at, over at Swinburne and did like advertising and media marketing. Um, and then from there, I actually started my first like exit job was um, working for a plumbing company. Um, just doing like all of their social media and like some background marketing and stuff like that. Um, and then I did some events like internships around that same sort of time yeah. um, or like at the end of my like uni degree. And then, um, yeah, I was like working at Coles in the background while I was like studying at uni and mm. like, you know, just the most like stock standard sort of <laughs> thing. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's sort of weird. I actually went back, uh, I left the plumbing company and then went back to Coles because like life just during like COVID, I just needed to make money and like yeah, I was living out of home. True. And um, that was like the option at the time because I wasn't like a, um, you know, someone who was meant to be working in the office and it just meant I could get more hours. So I was just like, yeah, I'm out of here. So um, did that. And then, yeah, it's sort of weird watching like, like I was working at Coles and I had like the number six, like tech house track in the world. Like it was just <laughs> the most, I'm, I'm just stacking shelves and I'm yeah. like, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's sort of weird having those like two lives, I guess. And I was trying to keep them separate for a pretty long time, I think, even just in the way of doing marketing. And then um, did an internship. When you say keep it separate, as in the people at your job had no clue that you were a DJ on the no, side? No, they, they, oh. they, like, they, had, they had an idea. Um, it just like, I don't know, it was just like the people at Coles and that sort of thing definitely knew because like a few people like from that have like yeah, come yeah. out sets and stuff, which is great. But um, yeah, just like, I don't know, I felt like at the other job, I need to be a bit more like corporate sort of bloke. Oh, so no, I'm just saying like, cause yeah. my boss has no clue about any of this shit I'm doing. Nobody yeah. work knows anything about it. Yeah. And I'm going to keep it that way yeah. until yeah. I quit. But uh, yeah. just cause it's, uh, well, especially you're working for, I'm working for the company and I go, Oh, well I'm actually pursuing something else. I actually yeah. don't really want to do this as a job anymore. Yeah. Well, that's, just, yeah. That's funny. Cause my boss, like he actually like asked me if I was like, Oh, so just talking about like, you know my longevity at the job and stuff and i was like he asked something about like oh well i feel like you might just be you know working here to then eventually like one day get famous i'm like well that is the dream is it not <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm not meant to be working like here the rest of my hey, life my, so dream, my dream my dream, my, my, dream was, my dream was to stay at the exact place that i left yeah. university for <laughs> stay here for 30 years and then retire like yeah. nah, that wasn't it so um but yeah so i Eventually did some other internships and started working. Um, for I saw you like at, working at like a race course at one point. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So that was one of the intern like events internships. So I was yeah. just like working at, at um, the Melbourne race course um, for a little while and doing photography and stuff there as well as like social media. And then, yeah, after a few years, ended up doing stuff for um, at this place called Cheeky Media. Um, and yeah, started doing um, like social media for other events like going on in Sydney and um, you know, like stuff for like Carl Cox and like oh, like Boris Brejka, like big, like you know, all the stuff that gets booked in Melbourne. We were just doing all of their Sydney shows. Carl Cox there. is in Australia like all the time. Yeah, he yeah. like lives. I swear that every yeah. second week he's at a picnic, and I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. like, I swear he's always here, always. Yeah, yeah keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we see him around about all all the time, honestly, and um. Yeah, I think that was that was pretty much it. And then um, from that was like earlier in the year, and then late last year, I just like made a slight change to go from like the event side to actually doing the artist side because during COVID, um, actually like set up like a little freelance like business that was to 
give exposure to like emerging artists while we didn't have anything else that was going on. So You're a fucking hustler, I love it. Yeah, yeah. but like, I don't even I don't even realize it. I think it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're putting yourself in these situations of okay, so coming out of uni, marketing, doing mm. that, then you've moved into events, mm. and then you're like, okay, now moving into this side, mm. and just putting yourself in the right environment, and then that's when things fall into place because no, if totally. you're still just doing. You're a DJ, but you're still working at the plumbing place. Mm. All the connections you've earned from this new job oh. are just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even just, like, the connections. It's also just, like, the understanding. Like, I've learned so much more in the last, like, 18 months just from being around, like, music-based businesses mm. um, to compared to, like, what I learned, like, in uni. Like, yeah. that was obviously, like, it's where you get, like, your fundamentals of, like, how your brain, like thinks and like what you do but then like actually to refine that and then you know to make it helpful to a certain like niche that is just like obviously getting the first-hand experience is the best thing you can do mm. um and yeah even just in my own sort of world that's why i sort of wanted to do the free like um business it was like just called house music and yeah just did a whole bunch of like mixes and blogs and like supporting um a few like uh, businesses when they open back up after and just like small event crews and stuff like that so um yeah it's not a priority at the moment just because i've had so much going on and mm. just like changing career and that sort of stuff and just life after covid was um yeah a, a lot busier than i thought it would be and yeah it was just like a sort of passion project but it's still there and i still want to do more with it and sponsor some other black events and stuff coming up. So I'm just working on some things in the background with that as well. I've seen a lot of, um, I was looking at a few of your things, like you've made like some TikToks and videos like that to promote yourself. And that's like such a huge thing with like every celebrity now needs to have a TikTok, needs to have a thing. Like, cause mm. that's just how you boost followers, mm. boost the thing. Um, how are you finding that? Are you, do you enjoy doing that or is it more just a promotion thing that? Um, yeah, it's a bit of both. Like I definitely, like whenever I think about like a, a song, I'm not at the time of making it, but afterwards it's like, you know, what can I do with this? Like mm. what, how do I relate this? So like I feel especially with like dance music, um, if it's not a track that is like, you know, someone like you know, Fred again or that like has a higher motive feel to it, if you're not out at a club when you're listening to it, so it's like, you know, people like more, than not, more often than not like gyms or like mm. some people are just madly into it and that's amazing. Like I love that when someone's just like, that's all they listen to. It's like sick. Like I've, that's my audience. Like, yeah, thank yeah. you for doing that. Like, um, but yeah, it's sort of hard to find ways to make people connect um, when it's not like something that they are like necessarily built for, you know? So like I have to find those other ways to get people to find your stuff. And yeah, obviously social media is just one of the biggest ones, but um, yeah, it is a weird one sort of like, that's my job. And it's also part of what makes this job, like possible with yeah. like the music so um i do like learn a lot from like both sides and i take things that i learn from myself into work and i take things that i learn from work into like my own stuff but um yeah it's also like just weird being around the same environment the ho like a lot of the time yeah. it's like i'm either making music talking about music for other people or i'm like doing my own stuff and then trying and then like you know it's pretty easy to get like critical on numbers and that mm. sort of things we have to do that like you know we do breakdowns of people's like socials like once a week and stuff so like if i did that to myself i feel like i'd just go into a hole yeah. like you know like yeah. i'm not gonna look at don dollar's page and then go look at like my page and like try and make comparisons yeah, we like, stick clear from joe do, rogan's numbers yeah, we, do yeah. Not at, we do not look at joe rogan's yeah, numbers yeah so yeah all that sort of stuff it's just like as long as you keep like that's why I think I was trying to keep it separate was just to like not have that overlap for like a long time. But 
in becoming a bit more like fluent with like workload and just like with what I wanted to do with like you know the tough break stuff it's sort of just like well I'm just doing myself a disservice by not like focusing on both things and um yeah like I love doing it for everyone including myself so I don't um (laughs) like if that was me if I could do a job in comedy and then be a comedian like at the same time well I guess you do that's like your life you just but that's the dream of being able to yeah pretty much in music like that's kind of like obviously it's not the end goal to be still working at both places, whatever, but mm. you're working in music. That's pretty much like a great step. That's like if nothing else comes from this, mm. hopefully it doesn't touch wood, mm. but like you're still working in music. You're still involved that you're not no longer at that plumbing place. You're no mm. longer, you're like in there, you're involved in it. Like that's yeah. like just as good in terms of oh, totally. like if you, in you were in year 10 when you're playing guitar and you get told you will be working in music your whole life. Mm. That's, yeah. that's the dream. That's the goal because yeah. obviously it's a tough industry to get into. A lot of people mm. want to get into it. It's mm. oh, unreal. Yeah. Unreal. You touched on Fred again. Mm. What are your thoughts on Fred again? Um, what are my thoughts on Fred again? I got, I remember finding like his stuff. This was like before like the big craze. I didn't know like who he was or that sort of stuff. Um, like just before like the we lost, was it like we lost dancing. Um, track came out and like, um, seeing where it's gone in the last few years. Like he is absolutely like not just him but like his team. Like when you're in marketing, you know when someone is like being very like. Um, purposeful on being like as open as possible or as like um, less fake, you know, through yeah. socials. And like, there's definitely like, you know, there's like this whole thing about like core core and that's like, you know, where you're not into being on socials or like, yeah. you know, like, and I think that's part of what is going on with like a lot of like Melbourne is like becoming that way as well. Like, you know, it's like cool to not be on socials and mm. like, it's like, that's why people don't do it sometimes. And I think that he sort of has that element to him. Like I love like his um, music and um, his like community that he's built and the way that that is like brought into like, like just seeing people running around Melbourne trying to find a scarf. That when, was crazy. Like, when else do you see that? Like, that when was you, crazy. When's the last time you saw something like that? Like, and that was over, like, like for a DJ in terms of like, obviously Harry Styles, one of the biggest mm. stars in the world, like it was going crazy then. Mm. But for a DJ who last year, I would, you said Fred again, I would be like, what are yeah, you who? talking about? Yeah. For that, like, so do you think it's more marketing than music? Or do you, because I, honestly, I think that a good DJ is just the best marketer ever because mm. Um, you find the right crowd yep. and people will dance to it. People yep. will enjoy it. Obviously, there's skill and yeah. talent involved, yeah. but I feel like if you're in the top echelon, it's mm. all just about how you market. And he just blown up, going crazy. Mm. And then it's just like the hype about it because yeah. he listens to it. He listens to it. Well, yeah. I, I obviously should have to listen to it as well. Like that's kind yeah. of the thing about yeah. it. So that's going to happen to tough breaking. I'm going to say two years. That's what it'll be like. Everyone will be running around looking for a thing. Me and Ollie will be behind the decks and yeah. we'll be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We knew him back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> it all started at the Kamali podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've actually got a story like that. I remember like one time, um, this would have been maybe 2018. Yeah. I was at one of your uh, sets at like New Guernica 
And like, dude, I was like partying behind the deck. And like, I was just like, I was just like, you know, letting off like, you know, like massive, like, woo, and all these noises and shit. And then someone came up to one of our mates and like, oh, so which one's tough and which, which one's, one's break? break? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Man. No. oh, man. That was hilarious. Yeah, so that's my claim to fame. What are your thoughts um, on, like, your DJ and chicks would just want to get behind the bar, behind the decks? Mm. Like, do you get mm. that much or are you just... Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I actually had someone recently try and like jump up behind and like grab me and like stuff like that. So it was a bit full on. You can like get both sides of it. Um, I'm sure the big Mary security guards would have uh, taken him in the alleyway <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> um, this is a chick. So oh. yeah. Oh, well. Broke, but um, I think the Mary still do that. <laughs> <laughs> the security guards I'm talking about, yeah, just yeah, the security yeah, guards, yeah. not the whole. Uh, <laughs> that was just the whole. <laughs> um, yeah, like, like, what was the question? I'm just like, you know what? Uh, no, people get people, behind the decks, people yeah, get behind the decks, yeah. and get some rogue stuff happening. Yeah, you do. Um, but at the same time, like, I've had some like people just rock up and just like start telling me like songs that they want to hear and yeah. stuff like that or i've had people tell me that they like i look like their friend it's like why are you telling me this now like yeah. i wouldn't come up to you like mid haircut and say oh hey like you look like my mate so it's like <laughs> yeah. no i'm just gonna sit there and just think it and then tell someone else what are your thoughts on, when like, you get the, the request do you ever listen yeah. to the request or um what? i probably blow them off more than i should um but like people expect that like you literally have every song because like certain djs use like a laptop or something mm. if they're like quite often like R&B places, they'll have like a laptop there and they'll work off that and then use the decks. Whereas Honestly, like, we're working. I, sorry to any R&B DJs out there. Shout out uh, DJ Denzel. That, that's uh, a deep cut. I don't know. Don't worry. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, one person listening to it is going to be like, oh my God, they shouted out DJ Denzel. But anyway, um, like R&B DJs really do anything. Just like it's the remix to Ignition, and then just put on like another. I I don't really think R&B DJs are really DJs. Yeah. I don't know if that's. I did, a I did like one. I used to do like <laughs> a. I did like a few birthday gigs, and I probably got away with like literally not knowing how to like. Yeah. De- like I knew how to DJ like dance music and stuff, mm. but like when people like properly know how to DJ and like, you know, scratch and like move mm. between tracks properly, I was literally just like finishing a track, like fading it out and <laughs> bringing a new one and people just going nuts for it. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to keep doing it. So <laughs> if I can get away with that and get paid like, you know, 350 bucks for like just doing like- Hiring for birthdays, <laughs> yeah. birthdays, bar yeah. mitzvahs, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. He's got the best- uh, The mosque. He's got the, he's yeah. got the best <laughs> RB tracks out here. Balls are hard, motherfuckers want to fire me. That one always <laughs> yeah. goes off. Yeah. Like um, American Boy, Kanye, yeah, that yeah. one. Like you yeah. just just play the crowd places. This is pretty much just me listing my like songs on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. I might get uh, I could get a DJ gig. I remember when um, in like year seven, I had this like shitty Android phone, and I downloaded a DJ app, mm. and I pretty much um, I got. Skrillex, Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites and yep. Bangarang and pretty much you just like could play them at the same time and I would just yeah. play them the levels and I was yeah. like, this is sick, yeah. I'm a DJ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. I've been through all of it, honestly. Even like Garage Band and stuff as yeah. well. Like, mm. Heavy on Garage Band back in the day. So good. Huge, huge, huge. Wild, man. Um, I reckon I'm all good. Ollie, you've yeah. got... Uh, oh, well, i got one more question because I, I mean, like, the, the obviously the ecosystem of a club is... Weird, like it's just like <laughs> yeah. there's so much yeah. shit going on. See so gremlins m- everywhere. So it's many like, people yeah. are on different levels, that kind of thing. Like, uh, like, uh, yeah, like, 
the 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 DJ is then watching everything happening. Mm. Like, do you just are you just like people watching? Like, you're sitting up there, you're just like, oh my god, look at this fucker, and then like, mm. look at this guy over here. What's he doing? Like. Because I'm a massive people watcher. Yeah. I'll be yeah, in the no, crowd. Same. Yeah, I'll yeah. be in the crowd. We just sit there and nights out, and we just go, "Have a look at this yeah, fucker." Yeah, look at this nah. guy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm like ultra aware of like situations in clubs, or just like generally, like I I'm so onto like personalities and like mannerisms and like just watching people in the same way. Yeah. Um, but honestly, when you're up there, like you can see a few things, but most of most of what you see is just like heads and then like faces when like the lights flash and stuff like that oh well, then you, you're like yeah it's it's pretty oh, funny and, no. and then like probably it's someone holding up like a dj request on snapchat you know like right. with like scrolling text All or something is like Dom that Dollar like, treat has seen me my face just like oh, oh yeah yeah kid again yeah but yeah most of all it's just like you're just seeing faces and then yeah you might come across like something that's happening and then um yeah, just try and like catch on to if they're like, you know, doing something that they shouldn't be doing or yeah. that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I've seen two people like make out and fall over. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was at Rebs. Um, yeah, like they'll just over like- Over the like, catch? No, like they'll like right at the back. They'll like where um, just before that little like extra stage pops up at the back. They oh, were, like, are you talking about the cage room? Yeah, the yeah, cage yeah, room. Right, they right. were like back there and then um, they were like up against like one of the pillars, like oh, in, the, yeah. in the middle of the room and everyone else had like sort of spaced around them. Cause, and I could just see, I was like, give it like another 30 seconds. I was just like queuing the song, like looking up, queuing the song, <laughs> looking up. I was like, everyone probably thought I was doing like crowd interactions. I was yeah. just looking at them. Like, um, and yeah, literally then like, I was like, they're going to fall, they're going to fall, they're going to fall. And then, Literally just bang. bang. They just heard the, uh, uh, they should have at least like timed it with like my, my drop or something. <laughs> it would have been huge. Like the bass <laughs> on that room would have just gone. So, but nah, yeah. it was just, yeah, it was, that's the weirdest thing I've seen from the other side. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, so yeah, you just said that was an interesting thing you said then. Like, how important is your crowd interaction? Like, are you trying mm. to like, you know, catch the eyes which are looking at you and loving it, like trying to like, you know. Do you be, say anything? Do you moment. ever go like, let's go Melbourne? Nah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I think it's a good thing that like clubs don't really give out mics yeah. anymore. Mics, yeah. I feel I like hate, that's more of like an MC sort the of thing. The R&B clubs, they yeah. look like, you just see the guy like, what, what? And yeah. they're just like, dude, you're ruining the song. Yeah, like, yeah. So, and like, I don't know, at like certain events or something, there might be one, depending on like who the DJ is. Right. Um, And like, they can put that in there you know, like rider and stuff that they want that to be up there and whatever. So, um, do you get a rider? Uh, for like sets outside of clubs, you do. Yeah. So, so what's a rider? What's like you say, oh, I need this, this, and this. Like yeah. For the cl- so, so like like in a green room, like before, like you go on oh, stage, you have yeah. like that's for like artists and stuff. They yeah. always have like you can request certain things to be like back there, like a. Like you could, like like you could, you could ask for like a, a cutout of like Ryan Gosling if you yeah. wanted to, and <laughs> see if it comes. Like, and, <laughs> and like, so I know, oh, I forgot what band it is, but there's a band, and they have all these requests, and on it, it's like green M and M's. Yeah, and because and they say, oh, so if they see if there's no green M and M's, they're like, oh well, they didn't give a fuck about us type of thing. Like that was yeah. just like the rest of it's That's like just give us like some bottles of piss and shit like that, yeah. and the rest is sorted. So what do you have much on yours or? Um, well, at the moment, it's still like I'm. Getting off the back of another's rider, yeah. so like sometimes right. um, you can wait, just so like. I'm still confused what a rider is. Wait, so you get a gig no, at the club? What did you just say? So you're getting off the back. Oh, so like they're the main like headline, yeah. and then yeah. I'm also adding in something. So I'm not oh. I'm not making big oh. demands. Yeah. I'm like, okay. but like. Literally, you're like, you're like just a six pack of snacks. Like, <laughs> yeah, or like you might just ask, like you might just ask for like a bottle of vodka, so like yeah, some right. you could like share around with some mates yeah. or something beforehand if they rock up early and. Um, 
yeah, that sort of thing. But then, Foot massage, pay my rent. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> it could get pretty wild. But um, yeah, for now, it's just like keeping pretty pretty down low because I've got to keep a good relationship with some of the places I'm playing. Have so you seen true. someone have a crazy one or um, wild? Oh, or? I saw like some someone who I was, I was supporting at like the Night Cat. There, he was playing, and their mates like came in and just like drank the entire ride up before the main headline came oh. in, and that was probably like the most like worst thing i've seen in the, in the back green room but mm. um no nah, nothing like crazy like you like the last time i went like i didn't expect it like just a massive like i reckon like this like oh it'd be like arm length like fruit platter like mm. just the whole table it was just it, it was like it was like that's yeah, always what you wanted it was like fruit i'm always yeah. thinking where's some p- where's pineapple where's when you need it <laughs> yeah slice. yeah but like that's i don't know that was it was like a full like what's it called like the charterie board or whatever it is charcuterie, charcuterie. charcuterie. yeah what is it? Like, I know, like an empty pasta. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, it was like a full one of those, yeah. and then just like a few beers on the end. It's like I think mm. you got your priorities around the wrong way. Yeah, that's <laughs> just a snack. It's quite fancy. Um, would you have a quote by any chance, or if not, we'll pass it on. Um, I think just at the moment, I've oh, like, we we play sound. Oh, all right, all right. Song, and then you do it at the top. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Embrace the weird. Yes, that is mad. Nice. I'll take that. Um, I definitely embrace the weird. Yeah, and you're a king of that. Yeah, yeah, sometimes a bit too weird. (laughs) But I do. Any follow up thoughts on embracing the weird or? Yeah, I think it's just like it's owning yourself. Mm. I think, and that's one of the hardest and easiest things to do. And um, especially when like people are trying to copy others or. Um, you know, you see that this is being successful. It doesn't matter what, what industry you're in. Like, this is what's being successful or this is the trend and whatever. It's like, you can follow that, but like, make it your own in some way. Mm. And like, um, yeah, when someone like pulls you up on something that is like yourself, you th- feel so much more like, just like I'm being seen rather than like, yeah. oh, this is like, you see me for this trend. You know, it's like, I think that's the, probably the biggest like. I think um, you just meet people and they're just like cookie cutter people. They're just mm. like, you're... I've met you a thousand times before. Like yeah. you are just that person, mm. t- like mo- like cloned, mm. and that's what like people. It's um like with Instagram, everyone's seen everyone else do these other things, mm. and then just following other people and not being themselves. And that's something yeah. that I would like to pride myself on. That I can, I know I'm one of one. Like yeah, I. We, I've started a fucking podcast doing this, like trying to do stand up and stuff. Like, that's a bit weird. That's out of the order. Not every bloke is just mm. doing that. But if I just didn't embrace the weird mm. and I just kind of stuck to the norms of life, mm. I would be so much less happy because I wouldn't be true to myself. So, yeah. um, that is a beautiful way to end it, I mm. think. Um, very nice. Rory, tough break. Uh, plug all your things, whatever. Just the floor's yours to just. Um, yeah, follow. Everything is just like Tough Break or then Tough Break Music, whether it's on Instagram, TikTok, SoundCloud, all of it. So, Beautiful. yeah, find it and support. Be King mad. shit. Yeah. King shit. Thank you all for listening. Um, anything else? No, uh, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, whatever. You know, like, share, all that shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we'll just play this outro song. Sorry, mate. <laughs>